Welcome to Twin Cities Theatre Chat. This podcast is created by members of the Twin Cities Theatre Bloggers to share our love of theatre, promote theatre going, and support our theatre community. My name is Carol Jackson, and I write for Minnesota Theatre Love. On today's podcast, bloggers Jill Schaefer of Cherry and Spoon and Kendra Plant of Artfully Engaging are chatting with Emma Stratton, who is playing Jenny in the first national tour of the revised and gender-flipped company. Emma shares her love of all things Stephen Sondheim, her connections to Minnesota, and tells us about life on the road touring in a show. Enjoy! So thank you, Emma, for joining us on Twin Cities Theatre Chat today. Just as a background, um, how I first heard about you is through your sister, Bartley, who was one of the original Twin Cities Theatre bloggers. I think we met probably 10 or 12 years ago. She had a blog called The Playbill Collector. So we used to go to shows together, and she would tell me all about her little sister who was so talented. And now here you are, starring in the first national tour of the new company revival. So kind of Mm -hmm. a fun Full circle. I know that's so, so cool. It was, it was so special that Bartley moved back to Minnesota after we had left when we were little and she always, always wanted to move back to Minnesota. So not only did she want to move back, but she loved theater so much. So it was really a special time in her life for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So you lived here for a little while as a child and then moved away? Yeah, I moved right before first grade, but my dad has a really, really big family, seven brothers and sisters, and, you know, we have 20 cousins, All everybody lives in Minnesota, uh, so we ended up buying a little house in Minnesota a couple years after we left, and so we, we go back quite a bit. That's great. We're, we're going to claim you as, as one of our own. We're going to claim you <laughs> as a Minnesota actor. I spent the whole pandemic in Minnesota, too, so oh, wow. I, I feel like a Minnesotan for sure. Great. Well, we're excited for you to come back. Company is going to be here at the Orpheum, uh, I think, November 14th through the 19th, so we'll get a chance to see you back here in Minnesota. Yeah, I can't wait. So can you tell us a little bit how you started doing theater and how you decided to pursue a career in theater? So yeah, when we moved to San Diego from Minnesota when I was little, um, my parents always loved theater and they thought, you know, what better way to get us involved in the community and meet people our age than to start us in theater. So I was a little too young at the time. My brother and sister did a production of Oliver the like famous story is that I was in the audience on on opening night and I knew every word to the musical, like scenes and songs. And I was doing him in the audience when I was seven. And at intermission, the director, who we didn't know was the director, turned around and was asked, who are you? My mom was apologizing. You know, I'm so sorry. (laughs) She's saying everything, her brother and sister in the show. And um, the director was like, audition for the next show. I don't care that you're too young. So I sang Meet Me in St. Louis, um, the Judy Garland (laughs) MGM movie musical song. And the rest is kind of history. And then um, I did that all growing up. And then I ended up going to Penn State to major in musical theater, which at the time and probably still is one of the top five programs in the country. And then right after that, on my last day of classes, found out I got the national tour of Anything Goes. And then directly after that, got the national tour of Bullets Over Broadway and have just been kind of doing it since I was about seven. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's great. Sounds like you're a natural. Well, yeah, it's it's such a difference between it being a hobby and something you love and then and then really forging a career. Um, A lot of hard work, too, I'm sure. But it sounds like you had the interest from a very young age. Definitely. Yeah. 
So let's talk about the show you're doing, Company. This is a, a Sondheim musical. It's one of my favorite Sondheims. And from the first time I saw it, maybe because I relate a little bit to Bobby, I thought, like, they should gender flip this. Typically, Bobby is a man surrounded by all these married couples, all heterosexual couples. It's his 35th birthday. He's like, what is this thing called marriage? And so in this new version directed by Marianne Elliott, which I think she did in London first and then brought it to Broadway. Now Bobby is a woman. There's a same-sex couple. And so it sort of flips all those gender roles a little bit. So I saw the I saw the production on Broadway a few years ago and I just loved it. And so I'm so excited it's going on tour. So you can tell can you tell us a little bit about your relationship to the musical company and and how it's been working on it? Yeah. So company was one of my first Sondheim pieces that I ever listened to. And I have such a vivid memory of listening uh, on my CD player at lunch <laughs> one day in eighth grade, like laying in the grass and hearing, of course, Ladies Who Lunch comes before being alive, but hearing Ladies Who Lunch and having no idea what it was about because I was 13 at the time, but just crying. And then being alive came right after that and like sobbing in the grass. I have such a <laughs> visceral, vivid memory of it. Um And then I actually worked with Hal Prince on my Broadway debut. He directed his last show on Broadway, was called Prince of Broadway. And he just ended up talking about all the shows he ever did, you know, and of course, Company was one of them. And I was an understudy for that production. And funny enough, I understudied the woman who did Ladies Who Launch on Broadway, and it was the top of act two. And right before intermission, I heard heard a whisper while I was watching the show from the assistant director saying, you're on for act two. So she took the Elaine Stritch wig off. I put the costume on and, and did Ladies to Lunch as my Broadway debut, which was like m- my childhood mind couldn't wrap my head around it. It was I kept thinking if this is all this happens to be, this is enough because it was such an out of body experience. And so then coming here, I I understudied Jenny on Broadway and the woman who played Joanne on Broadway. And now I'm playing Jenny and understudying Joanne as well. So it is, it's a lot of full circle moments. And this particular production is so remarkable. Like you said, with the gender flip, it makes so much sense. And it's such a beautiful production and very real people too. It's, it's not caricatures of people in in relationships it's very real flawed people on stage every night and it's so beautiful to watch so i noticed that sometimes that people who are under studies on broadway then do the tour do how does that work auditioning do they like give sort of first pass to people who have already worked on the broadway production or, or how does that work that's a good question yeah i think they're so familiar with the work and obviously it depends on if you're nice to work with too. (laughs) Uh, And all, I think there are four understudies from the Broadway production that transferred over to the tour. And I will say this entire company of actors is like the nicest, most fun group of people I've ever, ever worked with. And every day we keep saying, how did we get so lucky? (laughs) So I think that it has a lot to do with that. One, we, we have so little time to put the show up. So these people know the characters, know the show, are very familiar with it. And they're lovely and unbelievably talented. So it kind of all works out. And can you talk a little bit more about the um, the process for auditioning? Was it in New York City? Yeah, the audition process was pretty wild because um, 
everything has been on video for the past three years. For me, this was my first in-person audition since COVID. So in, in about three years. So with this show in particular, because you can cast it a lot of different ways, when like when there's a breakdown of characters, say Jenny, it'll just say Jenny is married to David. Whereas most of the time in a musical, it says like Jenny, funny, smart, you know, blonde, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, but with this show in particular, you can kind of cast it however you want, which is really cool. But uh, from a casting perspective, it's also kind of difficult because there are no parameters almost. Um, and you have to line up the people who are married and, and you have to make the audience believe that they've been married for however long. Uh, so for, for me, I initially came in to audition with multiple characters because I had known the casting director for quite a while. And she said, you know, I'm not sure where to place you. So I auditioned for multiple things and then actually was in final callbacks for Joanne. And uh, I kind of called my agent and said, when this doesn't work out, because Joanne is typically in her 50s or 60s, and I'm 31, let's have a game plan for when when that doesn't go in my favor, as nice as it, as it is that I'm in final callbacks for it. So it was a very long process. All of us kind of have said now that we're in it that we learned pretty much the entire show through the audition process because that happened to a lot of us. So yeah, I, I went in for probably four or five different characters. And then last minute, the day before the final callback, they said, could you read for Jenny tomorrow? And I said, of course. And the man who would eventually get my husband, David, we met two minutes before we went into the audition room and didn't really say anything to each other. And then it just was beautiful in the room. And yeah, it, it's, it's quite a long story, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. So when you're doing a, a touring Broadway show, what is the time commitment? Like what, how long is your contract for? What does your daily schedule look like? Do you get any days off? That kind of thing. Yeah. So this schedule is great because we're typically in places for two weeks. Of course, in Minnesota, we'll be there for a week, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, we have most of our days off and then we'll be called at 730 for an eight o'clock show. We do have understudy days. I will say my husband in the show, two weeks into rehearsal, got an injury and has to have back surgery. So his understudy has been on for the last three or four weeks. Uh, and now my, like, I like to say my third husband is coming in next week <laughs> um, as a replacement because my first husband has to get surgery and the understudy has five other tracks that he has to understudy for. So it's just easier to bring somebody else in. So, uh, you know, we have understudy rehearsals for him to make sure he feels good about coming into the show. But most of the time, and yes, we have Mondays off. It's, it's kind of a lovely schedule, especially because I've done tours where we'll be in places for two nights at a time and don't really have time off and stuff. So uh, we really get to feel the vibe of each city we get to go to, which is kind of incredible. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. I've always wondered, you know, on a Broadway tour, like what the actors are doing all day, where they're staying and eating, and if they get to be like tourists in the cities that they're visiting. Yeah, definitely. Like yesterday was our day off and I woke up, went to a really cute coffee shop. I also brought my bike with me. I have a tiny little foldable bike. So I'm staying in an Airbnb with a couple of other people in the cast. And so wake up, 
biked to a coffee shop, biked to a couple like vintage shops here in Detroit, picked up some food, came back, hung out with the other people that I'm living with, watched a movie. But yeah, like tomorrow I'll go to um, a museum. And it kind of depends on the city too and the access to the downtown area and stuff like that. But yeah, we do get to play tourist and kind of just look on Google Maps and see what's cute in the area. And I I feel very lucky to have my bike because that takes me anywhere I want to go and it's free and (laughs) it's nice to see the fall colors and everything. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice way to see a city. And are you with the show for a year or how long do you know how long the tour is running? Yeah, the tour is until next October. So yeah, it's a year long contract. And with most of us, we're able to break the contract if we get another Broadway show, if we get like a TV role, we can learn or we can leave for a certain amount of time. But honestly, this this show is so magical. And every night we keep saying, like, I can't believe we get to listen to a Sondheim score eight shows a week, which is not always the case. Sometimes you're in a show and you're like, oh, my gosh, this song again. I was dreaming of this silly little song and, you know. So all of us are just like so, so happy and so excited, especially the state of Broadway right now feels like a show will open and almost immediately close or it'll be open for a month or two and then it'll close. And so we all feel very fortunate to have work for a year, which is very rare for an actor of any of any kind. So yeah, that sounds like a dream. I don't know yeah. why we only get shows for a week. We need to talk to somebody about that I know here for a week and they're gone we need we need at least two weeks of company I think and Minneapolis is such a theater town yeah that it doesn't yeah it doesn't quite make sense to me yeah gotta work so yeah you talk to your people yeah I'll get on that (laughs) yeah so you had mentioned previous tours I think the last tour you did Bullets Over Broadway which I saw was that the Ordway I think that was was. yeah was was that a non-equity tour and is this an equity tour and can you talk about the difference between equity and non-equity as far as touring Yeah. So most of the time, the only difference is like all the costumes are the same. The set is the same. All of that. The actors just aren't in a a union, which usually means it's shorter stays. You don't get paid as much if you're in a non-union tour, but the music is the same. The, The look of the show is the same. Most of the time, it's also a lot younger. Like I think I was 23 and 24 when I toured um, in Anything Goes and then Bullets Over Broadway. So yeah, that that's the biggest difference. Obviously, being in a union provides us with health care, with pay that we deserve. But yeah, that's that's the difference. Okay, thanks for that. Yeah, there's unions obviously have been getting a lot of attention lately with the, with the recent strike. So that's that's good yeah. to hear. Of course, we want yeah. our artists to be paid and taken care of as yeah. they deserve. Yeah. I know you talked about um, auditioning during the p- pandemic. It had, had changed. How is working and touring since the pandemic and um, coming out of quarantine? Um, how has that changed for you? It's changed a lot. For me, mentally, it's changed a lot because I've always had a lot of other interests in my life. As a family, we've traveled a lot. So that's been a huge interest. I've always loved sewing. I've loved vintage clothes. I've loved antiquing. I've loved flowers. And so during the pandemic, I started two businesses of a floral business and I started making clothes and selling them. So coming back from the pandemic, um, so many actors gained other interests that they maybe had never had before and feel like fuller versions of themselves. And I think that that's translated a lot into work that has happened on Broadway and 
and just actors in general, because for me, at least I've maybe said no a lot more to even auditions, auditioning for things that I don't feel would serve me. Before the pandemic, it felt like we were lucky as as actors, we're very much so taught that there are a million other girls exactly like us that can do it if <laughs> we want. And so you have to be very thankful for the pennies that you get or for the exposure, meaning you don't get paid for something. And that's just not okay for any of us because we also have to pay our rent and <laughs> bills and everything. So it was kind of wonderful coming back from the pandemic and thinking, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. I have these other things that will make me money and make me very, very happy rather than feeling like I have to take what I can get. And a lot of actors have felt the same way. And it's brought a bit of an uprising too in the greatest way of getting paid what we need to pay. We almost went on strike as well um, a couple months ago because our dressers weren't getting paid the way that they should get paid. It feels like everybody came to this big realization as awful as the pandemic obviously was. We also came to a realization of like, we don't have to live like this anymore. And of course, SAG is going through the same thing, thank God. And hopefully they will get what they need to get very, very soon. It makes me personally more thankful for the shows that I do say yes to auditioning for because I know that I feel so much and I want to do them eight shows a week rather than maybe thinking, you know, this wasn't right for me. Why did I go against how I felt in order to get money or, or exposure or something. Uh, so I think that all of us have really, really shifted from the pandemic. And of course, um, auditioning on video is so strange <laughs> when you're used to auditioning in front of people, especially for theater. So I'm really happy that that's coming back. And it's hard to tell what it what touring is like post COVID because this is really our first city. Um, but so far, they're they're loving it. And it'll also be interesting coming to Chicago and Minneapolis and San Francisco and, and places like that who really know the show because this is other than Into the Woods and Sweeney Todd, Sondheim isn't known in this capacity. Um, and this is such a New York City show. So it'll be really interesting to see the cities that really know and love the show come and see it and hear their responses to everything. Uh, switching gears a little bit, what is your dream role or or what, what kind of project would you love to work on? Oh, gosh. Well, of course, it's all Sondheim. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to somebody about this, our, our headdresser, one Dot in Sunday in the Park with George. And actually, my really good friend, Aaron Mackey, played Dot in the Guthrie production a couple of years ago, which I loved. And I've always had a dream of playing in A Little Night Music, Petra, then Charlotte, then Desiree. So I'll put that out into the universe a little bit. And yeah, I've had so much luck so far in my life. I've done Love It in uh, Sweeney, Baker's Wife and Into the Woods, and now this. So I'm I'm very lucky. Uh, are you primarily auditioning for New York touring shows? Because, you know, we'd love to have you come do a show at the Guthrie or, or one of our other great theaters sometime. It is truly like one of my biggest dreams to do a show at the Guthrie. And it's ridiculous. I've never gotten the chance to audition for a Guthrie show, which is insane because I technically would be a local because we have a house there and I spend my entire summer in Minnesota um, my whole life. Like that's what I've done my whole life. And every summer I'm like, where, when did that Guthrie audition happen? They're doing Into the Woods or they're doing, you know, Sunday in the Park. So I don't know. I, I need to ask my agents about whether they audition people in New York or I, I don't know. But I do want to 
reach out to the artistic director of the Guthrie to say, come see the show. I want to meet you. We have so many mutual friends and I would just love to work at the Guthrie. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. I'm pretty sure they do New York auditions in addition to local auditions. So I yeah. think that's going to happen someday. Yeah. Maybe that'll happen next year. <laughs> yeah. I know they're doing, um, I just blanked on it. Little shop. Yes. Little you. Shop of Horrors. Oh my gosh, fun. They're doing I Little Shop of Horror show. next summer, but they typically okay. do a musical, yeah, in the summer. So we'll have to see what's planned for 2025. We'll have I know, to, I know. <laughs> we'll have to tag Joe Hodge in the comments. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please. We'll manifest it right now. Thank you. My best friend actually just, just booked Seymour at, at a theater in Florida to do Little Shop. And in college, we did Audrey and, and Seymour together. So, okay. This is looking good. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have anything else? I don't have anything, but I've really enjoyed learning more about you, Emma. And I just appreciate you educating us and telling us all about your love for Sondheim. We're in good company. So. Yay. <laughs> yes. And the, the show starts the opening night is November 14th, which is the day after my 16th, 35th birthday. So I'm very <laughs> excited to celebrate my birthday with Bobby and, and the whole company. Yeah. Will you be there on opening night? Yes. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait. Bartley is dying to come, but you know, with three kids, it's a little difficult. I think she'll catch it in LA. Yeah. But my parents will be there. So I'm sure you'll meet them. And and all of your 20 cousins. <laughs> yeah. Luckily they're staggered. So <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess we can wrap up. Thank you so much, Emma, for talking to us today. Thank you. I've had such a great time. I cannot wait to get to Minneapolis. I, I wish we were there for a month. I'll be living at home. I'm, I'm so excited to just feel cozy in November, <laughs> but a week will do. Yeah, I can't wait to see the show. Yay. Thank you. Our thanks to Emma Stratton for joining us on Twin Cities Theatre Chat. The first national tour of company will be at the Orpheum Theatre in Minneapolis from November 14th to the 19th. Get your tickets now. You won't want to miss this show. Thank you for listening to Twin Cities Theatre Chat. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, rate and review us, and spread the word. Follow the Twin Cities Theatre Bloggers on Facebook and Instagram to read our reviews and find out what we're up to. And go see a show! Oh.